Good morning, Westlight. Um, here we are at the last sermon of our movie series, and I hope that you enjoyed the whole series. But today we're going to talk about Just Mercy, and I hope that we can have conversations about this movie with our uh, life groups, our friends, our family, and our co-workers, because it's such an important movie. It unveils how racism impacts every stage of our justice system, even death row. And so let's watch the trailer to recap um, what this movie is about. Brian Stevenson, a young idealistic Harvard Law grad, had it on his heart to help inmates on death row. First time I visited death row, I wasn't expecting to meet somebody the same age as me. From a neighborhood just like ours. Could have been me, mama. But what you're doing is going to make a lot of people upset. You always taught me to fight for the people who need the help most. Stevenson defended Walter McMillan, who was sentenced to death for killing Rhonda Morrison. You don't know what you into down here in Alabama when you're guilty from the moment you're born. God. Mr. McMillan. We done here. Mr. McMillan, please. I was just about to give up when I got a call from a Harvard lawyer looking to start a legal center for inmates on death row. I was in before he even offered me the job. You the lawyer? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for driving all the way out here. Most lawyers barely make time to call. I can't believe you talked to all my people and said you're going to fight for me. I did. That mean a lot. If you go digging in those wounds, you're going to be making a lot of people very unhappy. Mr. McMillan was found guilty of killing a woman he had never met in a city he had never been to. When I first learned about all this, it was like looking at a river full of drowning people and not having any way of helping them. Ava Ainsley had it on her heart to help inmates on death row, and she helped Stevenson set up Equal Justice Initiative, a human rights organization. Each of us is more than the worst thing that we've ever done. That made me who I am. I know what it's like to be in the shadows. It's my dad. He did nothing wrong. It's never too late for justice. You're the only one kid enough to fight for me. If we can look at ourselves closely, we can change this world for the better. We all need grace. We all need mercy. Okay, so in Just Mercy, Brian Stevenson, um, is very idealistic and hopeful, right? He just graduated from law school. He got his new nonprofit. Ava is helping him down in Alabama. And he is just like ready to change the world. And so he, he turned down lots of um, offers, job offers, where he probably could have made a lot of money to live poor in Alabama. And this scene that we're going to watch is, is, is just this hopeful, idealistic Brian Stevenson who's saying goodbye to his mom. You're not going to say bye to your son? I know you got your law degree now and you think you've grown, but you're still my child. And I'm the one who has to deal with your funeral arrangements if you get killed down there. Because if you can't see the danger in what you're doing, you need to ask Harper for your money back. You used to be smarter than that. First time I visited death row, I wasn't expecting to meet somebody the same age as me. Grew up on the same music, 
from a neighborhood just like ours. Could have been me, Mama. But you always taught me to fight for the people who need the help the most. I know your heart's in the right place. But it's not that simple. What you're doing is gonna make a lot of people upset. You better be careful. I will. It doesn't take long for Brian Stevenson to experience the harsh reality of living in Alabama and all the things that his mom was afraid of, right? The threat of bombs, um, inmates not really jumping on for this free service he was offering, um, the racist sheriff and the uncooperative DA who was afraid of, of going against a system that had been there for, for years. Well, I think one of the harshest reality that, that Brian experienced was the was when he, you know, he worked so hard to fight for an appeal for Herbert Lee Richardson, and he doesn't get a response until right before um, Richardson's execution. But he promised, you know, Herb that he was going to be there. And that scene where Brian goes and watches um, the death of his friend um, was just heart wrenching. And I think that experience, on top of um, appealing for Walter McMillan's case and 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 what the judge ruled um, was really both of those was just really heartbreaking and, and very overwhelming for Brian so let's watch this the court scene where the judge um, declares his ruling after careful review it is this court's opinion that conclusive evidence has not been provided that Ralph Myers perjured himself at the original trial and that pressure put on him since his trial testimony could tend to discredit his recantation. Therefore, it is ordered, adjudged, and decreed that the trial testimony of Ralph Myers is not found to have been perjured testimony, and no new trial shall be granted at this time. Walter McMillan shall be returned to Holman Correctional Facility where he is to face death by electrocution. Can't do this to us again, Judge. Sit down, young man. John. This is my dad, sir. John, I want you to sit down now. He ain't do nothing wrong. Listen to your father. Not here. He ain't do nothing wrong. Sit down right now, or you'll be arrested for contempt of court. Uh, judges, give me one second, please, Judge. Hold on one second. I won't say it again. Sit down. Not if you're gonna kill my dad for no reason. Not if you gonna kill my dad for no reason. He ain't do nothing wrong. You killing my family, sir. You killing my family, sir. You. You know, Brian Stevenson started off with so much hope, and he wanted to change the world, and then he had. He ran into, quickly, the harsh reality that black and brown people are not treated equally, that they are seen and treated as less than human. And that's the point of today's message and, and what, what I take away from Just Mercy, that, that there's hope. We need that hope. 
And we have that hope in Christ that be in his life, you know, through his life and death and resurrection, we, we know and trust that justice will prevail in the end, that that is what God is working towards. And, and, and the, the, the hope of the resurrection is that, that justice will prevail in the end. And at the same time, and it's almost counterintuitive that while we have this hope that justice will prevail, that we need to confront the harsh realities of our broken world and this broken system that we that we see every day in the news that we experience in our everyday lives. That that all people aren't treated equally. And then especially if you are black and brown, the consequences of that broken system are affect black and brown people in ways that is, is so painful to even imagine and to learn and understand. But it doesn't just affect those individuals. It affects their family. It affects their community. And it affects all of us. Like everybody loses in this broken system. Everybody. So hope and the harsh reality together create heaven here on earth. And I'm going to steal from Katz's message last week that the justice is not the goal. Justice will prevail. That's going to happen. But for us, our goal is the process because there's so much value in our own reflection of our assumptions, in the sharing, the listening and the learning from one another the forgiveness that we experience together, that connection that is, is about the relationship that we can share in one another's pain and suffering, that we can empathize with one another. Like that is the goal. It's that process. And we can't shortcut that journey because that journey is the goal. That is so important for us. And that takes time. And there's a scene um, after the judge's um, decision where we see Brian Stevenson's like um, process where he's, he's trying to hold together the hope that he has, that idealistic world, that, you know, the hope that he had from the beginning, along with the, the heartache and the harsh reality of what he had just experienced. Nobody wants to remember that this is where thousands of enslaved people were shipped in and paraded up the street to be sold. Just 10 miles from here, black people were pulled from their homes and lynched. Nobody talks about it. And now this black boy from Delaware walks into their courtrooms and expects them to admit that convicted an innocent black man. I promised that whole community I was gonna bring him home. And I just made things worse. I've heard a lot of lawyers say it's not a good idea to get close to your clients. Distance is healthy. You choose to get close to every one of them. And you love them like they are your family. And when your family is hurting, you're hurting. 
There is no way that I could fully understand what it is that you're going through. But I am pretty sure that you mean a lot more to this community than you think. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So Jesus, who humbled himself and came down to dwell with us, experienced the injustice and the abuse of power over and above others, was able to hold hope in one hand because that was God's plan all along, that love was going to win and justice was going to prevail and confront the harsh realities of our broken and unjust world. That as a result, he was able to make a way for us to experience heaven together, right? We see that in his life and the death and in his resurrection. And so even now as he has gone back to, to stand, you know, at the throne of grace, that when we recognize that, you know what, we are part of this broken system and we are part of the hurt that and the suffering of this world, that maybe when we are in need of forgiveness or need to forgive others, or when we engage and sit with, and, and with the pain and suffering of others, and when we grieve together and when our heart is broken with one another, that when we experience that, we can go to the throne of grace with confidence knowing that that Jesus sees us and he loves us and he empathizes with us and that we too can receive grace and mercy because we all as Brian Stevenson said we all need justice and we all need mercy and we all need grace